0: Why do you think God would have said to us, the famine is over? over. (laughs) I'm going to talk a bit about it in a minute. (laughs) I just wanted to know your thoughts. So start thinking. But before we get into that, I'll give you a testimony as of today. Amazing, this is. Well, I think it is. So last week, I came under an attack. Um, sometimes we say we're under an attack, and sometimes it's our own thoughts, this was an attack. It was an attack against my character, it was an attack, that was lies, um, and it got turned around. Anyway, on Saturday we went to, some of us went into the Plymouth Christian Centre's ladies' conference. And um, I took Safe Families, which is the company that I work for. We had a stand in there and leaflets. And two of my volunteers came and did the stand and did a super job. And people signed up. Now, part of last week's attack was going to mean that that stand wasn't going to be there and it was nothing to do with PCC it was totally external to all of that so it nearly never got there and at one point I thought oh I just won't take it (laughs) you know when you've got everything coming against you but no so so it went stand went up all the leaflets everything God broke through with me anyway so a lady signed up And this lady is so eager to be a volunteer. She's already done part of the training. She's filled in. There's lots of bits to do to get to be a volunteer, to go in and befriend families. So I rang her yesterday. I said, oh, I see that you've signed up and you've got everything done. Um, Shall we meet up? Yeah, can we meet tomorrow? Can we meet tomorrow? Yeah, all right, then I went. (laughs) I thought, I've never had anybody as eager as this before. I'll meet you tomorrow. Well, her name sort of triggered, I thought, I think I've heard this name before. Anyway, met her, and um, she looked at me, and I looked at her, and I thought, yeah, she is familiar, but I don't think I really know who she is. So I went got the coffees coming, <laughs> and I just said to her, do you know me? So she went, mm, I think I do. So I said, well, I think I've seen you before. She said, um, were you the manager of a mother and baby unit? Mm, I said, for 27 years? She said, 18 years ago, I lived in your house. And then the cogs started singing, and, and she went, and I was terrible. <laughs> she said, I was awful. I said, well, most of them were. <laughs> I said, because. For most of the young women that we have, we had them at the hardest time in their lives, at the worst point in their lives. So anyway, if you were walking past Costa in the mall today, you would have seen two ladies just crying. The wonderful testimony of this young woman who has met Jesus and her life has been turned around and it was incredible. Um, And I thought, what a blessing. So the encouragement for all of us tonight is this. She didn't have any idea about Jesus. But for me, every mum and baby that's ever gone through that unit has been prayed for. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? We don't always see the outcome. Today, I've had a privilege of seeing an outcome of something that I prayed over that mum and family. She kept her baby because she lived with us for that period of time. And we were able to support her and help her um, get back on track. And today she just shared so many different things. She went on and she's done a degree at university. I think she said it was psychology. It's anology anyway. (laughs) I said, well, you got more than what I got. But she's gone on, she's just made something beautiful of her life, yet when she lived with me, you'd have never thought there was a hope and a future for this young girl who was in such a a state. So what a beautiful testimony. But can you see that sometimes when the enemy wants you not to do so, we could have... I I didn't tell her what had gone on, and I'm not going to go into any of that with any of you either, but um, how I very nearly didn't put that stand up on Saturday. How the enemy didn't want me to, and we, would have, we, would, we wouldn't have seen each other. She didn't actually, she didn't even see me on Saturday because she spoke to um, the other volunteers. But I said, what made you, have you heard about Safe Families? What made you? No, she said, I walked into PCC, she said, and I was upstairs and I looked down over and I saw your banner, Safe Families, and I thought, I'm going to find out about that. So she came down straight away before the beginning of the day. And the girls had told me that somebody signed up already. And isn't it incredible? You know, isn't it incredible? And we never know, do we, in our lives what we're doing um, and what we're saying and how we're being. And she was remembering stuff about me and I said, oh, cool. Um, But it's just... It's just such an encouragement. So I was blessed today, and I just said, thank you, Jesus, because last week I I was feeling pretty rubbish last week. I did go through a battle that was not nice, and it it wasn't good, and it didn't leave me feeling good. Um, This week I'm saying, thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you, God, that I, I just stayed obedient to you, really, when in my flesh I could have said, forget it. (laughs) couldn't i rob (laughs) god is good god is faithful and the other thing is this very often when the enemy comes with an attack it comes from nowhere and there's no rhyme and there's no reason that's when i knew i thought this isn't just me thinking something there's no rhyme there's no reason god's turned it around and you know and it's very often because there's something on the other side yeah? 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 So be encouraged tonight. Look, the famine is over, but do not be lulled into a false sense of security. Yeah? It's a significant word. And I believe there's been significant things broken in people's lives. But we've got to remember that we're in this world. Yeah? 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 And things will still come against. The transformation for us of knowing that the famine is over is in here. It's got to be in here. You want to transform your world, then be transformed in here. Have a spirit that says, hang on a minute. You know, I could have last week just thrown all my dollies out the pram and said it's just unfair, it's not true, it's not right. And all of those things were right. It it wasn't true, it wasn't right, it was lies against me. Yeah? But if I'd thrown my dolly out the pram, I wouldn't have connected. You see, I got this sense in my spirit with this young woman that it's far more than about safe families. There's something going on here. Because... When the enemy wants to wipe you out of something and take you out because there's something on the other side, then there's something on the other side that's going to be a testimony and a witness to the goodness of God. I believe that with all of my heart, all of my heart. So can you turn with me to First Kings chapter 17 and verse 7? God is good. And I felt excited as I was getting this ready for today. You see, my, you've got to, You've got to understand my mind. <laughs> and it doesn't matter who preaches or who... I was like it with Sam, Samuel. I'm like it with things that Dan brings. I'm like it with things that Rob brings. I will always go a step further. Well, what does that mean? The famine is over. Otherwise, we're just taking a blanket thing and we're not, we're not finding out for ourselves, are we? And we should do that with any preached word. It isn't for the Sunday that you've heard it. Although things can happen, and they did happen in our midst, but it's bigger than that. If I am to be transformed in my life, and I am want to see the world around me transformed, then I've got to understand what I'm receiving and what I'm hearing. What, what does that mean? And, and, and Rob did bring what he felt and what he thought in that moment. And obviously that was right because there was fruit and there was people being set free. And there were things changing. I want, to, I want you to know, though, that even if you sense you are still in a famine that God will bless you in that season. Because if you really know that the famine is over, think back. I can look at Daryl and I know some of the stuff that needed to be broken in her, but I've seen her in blessing before Sunday. Yeah? Yeah? You see, whatever our season, God will bless us. And the famine can be over in spite of the drought. You see, in 1 Kings chapter 17, there was a drought in the land. I want to tell you, the famine may be over in your life, but there's a drought. And the famine may be over in your life and is over in your life if you believe what was prophetically brought to us on Sunday. But unless that transforms your inner person, you'll be no good out there in the drought. Look, people, we've got to to be growing up. And not just hearing a word that the famine is over, whippy, the famine is over for me. What does it mean? What's that going to look like for you and for me? What is that going to look like for the people that God has placed in my sphere of influence? Because you all know you've got people in your sphere of influence. Yeah? And they will be different people. And so the story goes, the well-known story of Elijah. Yeah? And it says there, doesn't it, in the first verse that Elijah spoke the words, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. That was a prophetic word from Elijah. So the land was going to suffer. And it wasn't just going to be for a day or two. It said these years. And then the word, but that was going to include Elijah as well. Yeah? Because he was living in the land. So out of his mouth, he's saying there's going to be, you know, th- there's not going to be any rain, there's not going to be any dew, We're gonna, there's going to be drought. And, you know, it's not rocket science, but drought will eventually lead to famine. Because if there's no rain and there's no water and the land isn't being fed, then there's not going to be any food, is there? So out of Elijah's mouth, I wonder if he thought of it himself, oh heck, what have I just said? wonder if he thought, oh, blimey, I've declared something now, but I'm going to get affected in this. But then the word of the Lord came to Elijah and told him to get away. Just take yourself away from here and go to the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. That was his first step. So it was okay at that moment. The brook was still running. The brook was still flowing. Yeah? So so get to the bro- brook Cherith. And it will be that you shall drink from that brook. And I've commanded the ravens to feed you. So there was already a shortage of food. But the ravens, the unclean beasts, were going to come and feed Elijah. And he wasn't going to get any stomach problems or any food poisoning. I mean, amazing. That was a miracle in itself, would not it? So he went and he did according to what God said to him. And he stayed by the brook Cherith, which flowed into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. Now I'm in trouble, he must have thought. Now the brook's dried up. And there's been no rain in the land. What's he going to do? Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Now I want you to arise and go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. You see, God, have you noticed, God will only take us one step at a time. Yeah? He didn't know. Elijah didn't know. So his first step was to go to the the brook, um, Cherith. And when the brook dried up, then God... Sometimes we're asking God for a word too soon, too quick. Because we want to get out of what we're in most times. But God will only take us one step at a time. And sometimes the directions don't come all in one foul swoop. They never have with me. The most frustrating thing in the world, that is to me. Because I want the whole story. But you see, if God gave me the whole story, I wouldn't have learnt the discipline, and you wouldn't have learnt the discipline of obedience. So it's one step at a time. So he went to Zarapheth, and I've commanded a, a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed there was a widow, and she was gathering sticks. Well, come on, he must have thought to himself, well, how's she going to feed me? She's picking up sticks off the ground, and God, you've told me to go there, and this widow's gonna feed me. I mean, you know, sometimes w- 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 we read these things, don't we? But in the li- you know, literally, wonder what he felt when he got to that. Oh, that's on the wall. Thanks, Lee. I wonder what you was all looking up there for. I thought they must be angels. <laughs> They're looking up at the angels. I thought I didn't know the words was on the wall. Please bring anyway. Came to the gate. There was the widow. Please bring me a little water in a cup that I might drink. I mean, I, mean, I don't know that I'd have, I could have done what Elijah was doing. If I had walked into that situation and saw this dear little old lady picking up sticks, I don't think I would have... I'd have thought, oh, dear of her. Dear of He says, go get me a drink of water. I mean, I'd have thought, oh, I'd have been saying, oh, come on, sit down, my lovely, and I'll go and get you a drink of water. Think about it. You know, he had this picture, and he says, go and get me a drink of water. I'm sure he said it much nicer than that. He said, please, go and get me a drink of water. And as she was going to get, he called out to her, to get the water, he called out to her, and bring me a morsel of bread while you're at it. This dear little old lady, this widow, was picking up sticks. She didn't, you know, you, you must have seen she didn't have much. Oh, yeah, I'm Elijah. Da, 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 da. Can you go get me a drink of water? And off she went. Didn't argue with him. She went off. Oh, and while you're at it, can you can you bring me a bit of bread? I mean, what would you turn around and say, Iris? <laughs> get it yourself, you'd have said. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, she did, she did retort eventually. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. And I've only got a handful of flour in a bin. And I've got a little oil in a jar. Do you know when he takes a little... I've only got a little oil in a jar. And see, I, I'm already gathering sticks, but I might go and prepare it for myself and my son that we can eat and then we can die. She didn't have any hope, did she? We're going to have our last meal. I'm going to prepare the last meal for me and my sons and we're going to die then. You know, imagine your kids coming home and saying that to them. All right, just going to go and get your tea and then we're going to die. <laughs> Don't worry. You know, as if you needed your tea if you were going to go and die. But ayo, that's what she was going to do. And in the middle of it all, Elijah, who could see she had nothing, he must have been thinking to himself, God, why have you sent me to this woman? I mean, he probably in his head thought, God's going to give me a... Because that's how we think, isn't it? God's going to send me to this place and he's going to lay out a table for me and I'm going to have a feast. Well, he had no feast, did he? So he must have been, th- you know, do you think he might have been doubting, did God have this right? He sent me to a little old woman with a few sticks, who has not got anything in her store cupboard. And what she has got, she's gonna feed her sons with, and then she's gonna die. Because she's told me. So Elijah said to her, don't fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake. I mean, it's quite funny, really, isn't it? It just tickled me when I was reading it on Monday. You know, so just, you know, go and make me a cake first. That's the sort of thing Rob would say to me. <laughs> well, I'm not feeling best, Rob, or I'm, I'm not feeling, oh, just, can you just do that? Can you just make me a cake first? <laughs> and then bring it to me. And after, make for thee and for thy... Son. So, you know, look after me first. Yeah, And then you can go and see to your sons and you can make the meal and go and die. But God had another plan, didn't he? Don't fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, then make something for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away, and she did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and our household ate for many days. The bill of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. As I said just now, I'm sure Elijah, as he walked to Zarephath and saw this little widow, and then God at some point said to him, there she is, he must have thought, oh God, I can't, I can't imagine what you're going to do in this situation now with this widow. You see, he was, Elijah was thirsty. Elijah was hungry. Elijah had a need, and that is the place that the miracle begins. I have a need. Yeah? I have a need. You see, if there is not a need to challenge us, there will not be a word to stir us. Write that down. I wrote it down, it's not my words. There's not a need To challenge us, don't come into a false sense of security that the famine is over. And I believe that is significant because of certain situations. But we will continue the days of our lives to have to understand this that unless we have a need, then we are not usually stirred by the word of God. Is that just me? Yeah? Yeah? It's the need in us, whether the need is to do with us or to do with family or to do with those around us or to do with the ministry that we've been called to, whatever it is, unless that need, because you see, it is need that actually propels us to cry out to God. Do you cry out to God when everything in your world is rosy? Honestly? The crying out to God that we read about in the Psalms? David cried out to God. You'll never know what you've got till you've been challenged beyond what you see. when you've been so transformed with inside you, knowing that the famine is over, and knowing that it is only God that could come and do that in you, then I want to say to you, you will be challenged. Yeah? Beyond what you can see. Shall I tell you why? Why? Because God has transformed you and me to go out into that world and transform the world. Otherwise, the famine over will just become an insurer thing yeah. about this church and about my family. Yeah. But that isn't what it's for. No. And that isn't what the word was intended to do, although that is important. Because we are encouraged by our leaders. We are encouraged that we might have the ability to go again. But do not take it that you will not face a battle or that the enemy will not come against. But if the word of God that has been delivered in this place has transformed you in here, yeah, then you will transform out there because that's how it works. That's how it happens. So God challenged this little widow's limitations. I mean, she must have thought in her head, you know, it's just me and my two boys, and there's a famine in the land, and and now you've sent me some you've sent somebody else for tea. She, she must have been so, so challenged. She was getting ready for the final supper. She was getting ready um, to die. You, you, you know, we, we can't be too hard on her. You've got to understand that all around her, they were dying. Her neighbours were dead. Yeah? All around her, she was watching people go down like nine flies because they couldn't feed themselves. And they had no, no water. So we can't be too hard on this widow. But, but. She thought, so we're in a fam- famine. And I'll use what I've got left. I know it's not enough. I know I'm going to die. But she still was obedient. You see, what was being tested in this woman was her loyalty to God. And that was exhibited because she saw in Elijah the man of God. Yeah? If we can't respect the man of God, then we're not going to respect God but she respected the man of God enough to be obedient and do what was the impossible. You see, the power in this message is not that she gave to Elijah. It's that she gave to him first. She put him first. She puts him above her own need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. She prioritized God first. He was first and foremost above her family. Oh, I can't, I can't possibly do that. I've got to do that with the kids tonight. No, that, No, I'm needed over there with them tonight. She put Elijah, she put God first. She made God her priority. It's about seeking him first in all things. And the bit that jumped out at me was a little how many times have I said to God, I've only got a little. And it takes me a while to catch up, to understand that God says, that's just where I want you. Because then that little given to God, putting God first, making him the priority, becomes so much, so much more and she discovered this because she didn't run out did she god was blessing you see miracles are designed to stretch us it's a partnership you see god will always give you something to work with there will be some, she had something yeah it wasn't enough. That's great. That's amazing. That is so wonderful. I haven't got enough. I've only got a little. And God said, but you got me. And together, because God chooses to work in partnership, together we can do this. Yeah? Together we can do it. I've only got a little bit. I want to tell you tonight that every single miracle that I read of in the Word, that I've known in my own life, has started with little. It started with little. Whatever that little's been. Maybe little faith. Maybe not much in the store cupboard. We've lived in days like that. But we've never seen God forsake us. We've always seen Him provide when we've had a little. And it's always, always been our mandate, both of us without, in fact, it's probably one area we've never even argued ever about. Because if one of the other has felt to give, then instantly the other is said yes. Am I right? If I have felt a burden to give, Rob has said yes. If Rob has felt it, Yes, without question, because I've understood what God does with a little. And I've seen the miracle again and again and again. It doesn't bother us. Yet God blesses us. And why does He bless us? So we can give. That's why He does it. Not so we can hoard it, not so that we can keep it to ourselves, but so we can give. Yeah? God is so good. So good to us. I want to tell you tonight that God does the most when you've only got a little bit. Bring your little bit to God. I'm feeling rubbish. I'm really struggling in this season. It's really hard for me. Bring your little bit. I don't feel that I've got much. Bring the what you've got because you've got something. Yeah? Bring your little and I want to tell you, God will do much with it. Yeah. He will use whatever little. And I want to tell you, he won't, he, won't even, he won't even just do much. He opens up the windows of heaven. Have you seen the windows of heaven open in a situation, in an experience, in a time of need? Then he opens up the windows of heaven with that little bit. You see, the principle of this story was about priorities. The principle of your life in my life is about our priorities. Yeah? Where are our priorities like? Do you know, sometimes the challenge will even be, and we've had this many times, because of being in the ministry, there are some times when we have had to do things that God has called us to do over something that we could have been doing with our children. Have they suffered? Absolutely not. I get so cross when I hear, and it's old school more, oh yeah, well, you know, it's a shame, pastor's kids. I wanna tell you it's rubbish. It is a lie from the pit of hell. I've got three kids that are pastor's kids. And they are blessed. They are blessed. It's a victim mentality that says that they should suffer more than the other children in the church. Rubbish. Rubbish. And I want to tell you there are times when we have had to do things. Not had to, chosen to do things because God has asked things of us. And as the children got older, oh, oh, we were able to say, Look, I want to tell you our kids are blessed. Our kids know they are loved. It's not in question, it's not in doubt. If you stood them here today, they would tell you we, that we love them and their partners as if they were our own. We've got to boot out some of the lies of what the enemy tries to bring in. That victim mentality has got to be gone from us. And we've got to understand that with a little, we can do much. Yeah? We've got to understand that our God is not going to withhold blessing when we follow Him, when we trust Him. We limit God so often. So often. But we've got to come to know that our little is awesome in the hand of God. First things first. <laughs> first things I loved her obedience. I'm sure I'd have stood there arguing. I'm sure if I was the widow, I'd have said, you've got to be. And I'm sure if I was Elijah, I'd be saying, oh, come here, sit down, my lovely. I wouldn't have been, I'd be no good in either role. I'm positive of it. I would have... <laughs> i have been rubbish. That's the truth. Because if you think about it, some of us have got a mentality that says, yeah, and don't tell me you wouldn't do that, that we'd look at the widow and say, oh, come on, it's a shame for her, isn't it? Come on. Come on, sit down, my darling. They don't tell me that some of you in the room wouldn't be like that. Yeah? And then... And then... There's the Elijah side of things. And some of you wouldn't worry a bit about it. And you'd think, no, she can go and get me a cake and she can go and get me some water. Whereas others would be thinking, actually, oh, I can't ask her to do that. That is such a shame. Come on, darling, come and sit down. and be. But the whole thing would have been missed, wouldn't it? The story's there for our learning, for, for our growing, so she put God first. Yeah? That's what comes out in this story. She gave out of her need. I want to say to you, it's another lie. I want to tell you, people that will transform this city will be those that have been transformed by God. And very often, you will go out with a need. I want to tell you time and time and time again, I have heard something from God when I myself have been in need. At that moment, I feel I've just got a little. I don't feel like I've got much. Yeah? But the choice To put God first will reap rewards, will reap benefits, yeah? Will bring transformation. She gave out of her need. It involved faith, yeah? She had a need for herself, wasn't just about herself. I'm pretty certain she was more worried about her two sons, but she gave And she honoured and she respected the man of God. She could have said, on your bike. But she honoured and respected the man of God. She put God first. She gave first. That's what activated the miracle. She gave first. She put God first. She gave first. I've only got a little bit. She acknowledged she only had a little bit. She acknowledged her vulnerability, but she gave first. And it activated the miracle. Miracles begin with need. If there's not a need to challenge us, there will not be a word to stir us. Why would we need a word to stir us if there wasn't a need? Yeah? It's need that causes us to come to God. It's need that causes us to cry out to God. When we see a need, whether it's in ourselves or in family or in wherever we see that need, it's that need that drives you to God, nothing else will, we remain complacent, I'm okay, it's need and whatever your need is and it will be different in different seasons and in the toughest of seasons God says I will meet your need My need will be supplied according to his riches in glory. Yeah? But you see, it's the internal release that allows the provision to flow. Your famine is over so that you might internally be released from that that has kept you bound in your famine in your circumstance, in your situation. You've got to know a release that has transformed you in here. And I want to go as far as to say for some people, there will be a change that you can see, you can feel and you know. For others, they've still got to walk through. There was one particular lady that spoke to you. And and for that lady, she's still going to have to walk through some stuff. But the release was an internal one. And it gave her courage to go again. Yeah? Yeah? So the reason that I'm feeling to bring this word tonight is from a pastoral heart. Because in every congregation, there will be those that are shouting, whoopee, the famine's over. While others are still walking through some things that are not over for them. And I don't want to see a congregation bound. I want to see a congregation released. Yeah? Whatever that looks like for you and for me. Because some things have just not gone away for some people. Does that mean they won't go away? I trust in Jesus' name that there will be a release but we just have to keep trusting Jesus. But the important thing is, when I put God first, yeah? When I put him above my need, when I seek to obey him with the little that I've got, little's okay. Little's okay. And we need to make sure that we've got hearts that are saying to our brothers and sisters, little's okay. So long as you haven't got a victim mentality. So long as you're bringing that to Jesus and saying, God, I've only got this much. Then I, I want to tell you, you will see the windows of heaven open into your situation, into your season, into that which you are walking through. Your need will be supplied. You see, Jesus has always planned it that we'd work with him. You know, didn't he say in another part of the Bible, well, what's that you've got in your hand? He'll look for what we've got in our hand, but it's only a little. Look at her over there. Look at him over there. He's got so much. What are we doing comparing? Yeah? It's the bane of the church. Don't compare. Be more interested about what you've got in your own hand. And we've all got something. And bring that something to God, that little. Bring it to him. And watch as he multiplies that. It's usually when we're saying only a little that we start saying to God, couldn't you send him over there? Because look how much he's got. He'd be really good at that. God, you know, just, I think you must have turned your head a bit because over there, no, God is saying, I'm talking to you. I want to see if you'll prioritize me. I want to see if you will put me first. I want to see if you have got the materials to believe me that what you've got in your hand, little as it is, can be miraculous in me. Will you offer it to him tonight? whatever that is, whatever that looks like. But I'm too tired, I'm not well, I'm too busy. I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too the other. Bring it to me, he says, offer it to me. But I'm broken, I'm not what I once was. I know, bring your brokenness to me. Yeah, bring your successes to me. Bring your failures to me. Bring your I can'ts to me. But for goodness sake, stop suggesting someone else when God is saying, no, I've called you. I I want you, I want you to go and get me a glass of water and make a cake. And she was still thinking on her way to get that glass of water and that cake that she was going to die. I mean, it was a given. Death was all around her everybody around her was was either dead or dying. I want to tell you tonight, your famine might be over, but there's a world around you that are dead and dying. I went to um, a a leaders conference on Monday morning and... um, do you know, God speaks to you in unexpected ways, didn't he? And there was lots in that conference, lots of food, food for thought. And actually, it was very interesting because it was a lot that um, I could see the Spirit of God saying, you know, something that was being said was about being transformed on the inside. If we're going to transform our city, then I've got to be transformed. You know, don't look at the church down the road and say they need to be transformed. God transformed me. Yeah? And, and, and God will do things in unexpected ways. I had some unexpected connections in ways that I didn't think I was going to get them. But one of the things that got said at the end was by, the, um, um, by Mark who heads up um, churches together in Plymouth now. And he was sharing how on um, Friday he'd been at the deathbed of somebody. And she hadn't, Well, he doesn't know whether she received Jesus. He prayed with her, and he doesn't know whether when he left, she decided to accept Jesus or no. But something that she said really impacted him, and it was this. I'm afraid to close my eyes. Because in the closing of her eyes, she knew that was death. We've got a whole world of people out there that are afraid to close their eyes for whatever reasons. And we've got a little bit that can transform one by one, little by little. And I want to tell you, sometimes when I worked in the mother and baby unit, I used to come home and think, have I really made a difference, God? Am I really breaking through? Is this really where you want me to be? is this really what you're asking of me? Because there were some tough days and I'd go again and then there was a day like today. Sometimes I go into that place with just a little, just a little. And I want to tell you, in your just a little, at the times when you think that you're not bringing a change and, and, and things are not, and you may not see things right away. Sometimes we've got to sow in faith and just say, okay, God, I'm trusting you with the rest. I'm believing you. And doesn't it give you hope that that young woman today, you know, she was far from God in the days that she lived in the house. I used to call it my second home. I was going to call my house then. It felt like my house because I probably spent more hours there than anywhere else. But there were days that counted. You don't know in, in the life of those in your family that are not saved, in the people that are around you, you don't know at what point their hearts are going to be turned around for Jesus. And you sometimes will feel that what you're given is so little There'll be other times when you feel that, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. I've been able to do this. I've been able to da-da-da. But most times you'll feel. Most times. Let's be honest. Let's be vulnerable. Most times it feels that you've done so little. You could have said and you didn't say. You should have prayed more and you didn't pray. You should have heard from the Holy Spirit. You should have had the wisdom. You should have... There'll always be things like that. And it'll feel like we've done so little. But I want to say to you tonight that that is much in the hand of God. And your famine's over. And it has transformed your life so that you can go and bring that transformation. But do not, do not think That the need won't be there. The need has got to be there. Because that's how a miracle begins. With need. Think of every situation that you're currently praying for. And all the ones before. And then think of your own life. It's always about need, isn't it? Always about need. The unsaved be saved. Yeah? The prodigal needs to return. Yeah? My neighbor needs healing. My son needs setting free. My daughter needs to know your presence. Financially, they haven't got, they don't know where their next pennies come. It all begins in need. And it's the need that calls us to cry out to God. And then God speaks and stirs our hearts and we can go again. Amen? Amen. But without the need, we won't go again. Your family is over to release you into the more, to release you into the kingdom of God, to stand beside the brothers and sisters in this house that are still walking through stuff and encouraging their hearts and saying, (laughs) it's not going to stay this way. But recognizing that for some, it still is this way. But praying that there will be an internal breakthrough. Yeah? A breakthrough that says the atmosphere is going to change. It's going to be different. Yeah? Come Lord, the, the famine is over. And if that has been a real word to your heart, then start to say, okay, God, the famine is over, so what does that mean? Provision. Where are you going to provide, Lord? Where's your provision? If you feel that you've been in a famine, then there's a reason that you've been feeling like you're in a famine. So start to say to God, I'm looking for your provision. Yeah." It wasn't coming through. I didn't feel. I felt, You see, oh, I could say so much more. I'm not going to. I could say so much more. I just feel in my spirit that there is so much more for this church. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah? I'm excited to see what God wants to do. And bless God for everyone that responded to the word. But I want to see, see more. More responses, more changes, more things happening. Because I want to tell you, the famine and the drought, it's still there. It's out there. But we are people that have been transformed, yeah, by the living God. Does it mean that we're going to go out and we're going to declare and we're not going to have any need in our life? Absolutely not. Need will still be there some way or another. There will always be something that tries to take us off track. There will always be something that will try to take us away from prioritizing. It's you first, God. It's you first. And then he looks after everything else. Everything gets looked after. Our family, those nearest and dearest to us, get looked after when we put God first. And you know what? God does a much better job of it than I ever could. His looking after so much better than my looking after. My looking after more often than not is a control thing. Ooh. It's true. Yeah. It's true. We've got an inherent something in us to control. And Jesus says, get your sticky fingers off it. It's none of your business. And that sometimes includes our children. We think we've got to be involved in every detail. We haven't. They've grown up. We've taught them good. They've flown the nest. That's what parenting's about. No, there are times of crisis. And there's times of need. Of course there is. But by now, our grown-up children should be walking a walk that is not dependent on you and me. Yeah? The trouble is we don't like that because we've lost a little bit of control, haven't we? It's true. It's harder for the women than the men, that bit. The men wouldn't get that, would you? (laughs) But it's true, and I see it. See it, but you see, we want to see people empowered, don't we? We wanna, we 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 want to walk alongside people, not constantly be doing things for people. You know, the, I, I mean, she she would. I'm gonna end after this, but just to give you, and I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I do believe it's important because it's come to my mind. Most of you know that Marion, who comes to the church, lived next door to us for years and years. She she got saved. Praise God, she got saved. Um, amazing, living next door to us. But she got saved. And um, I'm not kidding you not. I mean, we saw her every day of the flippin' week. Constantly in our house. Constantly. But those were early days for her. She was being nurtured. And I remember very clearly one day that the Spirit of God told me she had to fly the nest. And we were our nests. Some of that was about her background. Her own mum had died when she was very young. And she needed that, that family. I mean, look at the woman she is today. It's incredible. <laughs> incredible today, what she does, and the influence and the contacts that she has. Well, I told her one day in our kitchen that she had to fly the nest. Well, she stormed out my house. I thought she's never going to speak to me again, ever. <laughs> but I knew she had to do it. I had to be cruel to be kind. You've got to do it, darling. You've got to do it. I will always be here for you. I'll never not be here for you. But now you can do those things for you. You can do that. You don't need me to come alongside. I I haven't got any longer. Hold your hand and help you through it. You're big enough now. Well, look at the woman. Well, you know, you may not know all of her story, but it's amazing the influence that she has in her family and in her circle. Where she has. But it took her tough talking to. Took, took her not talking to me for a little while. And I thought, oh, please God, let her get over it. I do miss her now. <laughs> I'm making you laugh, but what I want to say to you is, is, you know, we've got such an important role to play in the lives of people, of watching them grow and watching them be released and seeing them move in the kingdom. And we all... Any time of need, what we've got will always feel a little. You'll never, ever come into a place of need and feel that you've got loads. Never, ever. The need will look different at different times in our journeys, but it'll always be little. And God loves it when it's just a little. And you prioritise them. And obey him. And like Elijah, he took Elijah. W- you see, Elijah needed a miracle, and so did the widow. If Elijah hadn't been fed in water, he'd have died there and then, wouldn't he? Well, maybe not there and then, but in a little while. But so would the widow have died if she hadn't received. So both of them needed the miracle. The man of God needed. Do you know what I want to tell you? In this house, in this place. That sometimes when the man or the woman of God stands and preaches, they need you. Yeah. There are sometimes when I stand before you and I need a miracle, but I know you need it too. We're in it together. Yeah? yeah? In it together. Let's stand together. I hope you've been blessed tonight by that. If there's anything that I've said that you didn't like, well, take that up with God. <laughs> <coughs> Don't pick on me. <laughs> God is faithful. God is faithful. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is a need. But we think that we've got to go around and, and be strong all the time. I want to tell you that there are times in my life when I know I need to be vulnerable before people. Yeah? Yeah? Because that can be a release, not only for me, but for them as well. Yeah? It's okay to be like that. God, thank you for your spoken word to this church, which we believe was prophetically given by you to us. Father, help us to action that word in our lives, whatever that looks like. Help us, Lord God, to trust you to believe you and to put you first. Help us to walk alongside those, Lord God, that are still walking through things and stuff. Help us to be alongside them and say, I'm with you, I'm walking with you. And as you bring your little... I'm looking for God to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you won't be able to contain because it will be so amazing. I believe God has that for everyone. Father, for those that are a bit cool in their faith, that maybe aren't in the place that they once were, bring them back, Lord. Whether they're in the building or they're, not coming in, Lord, wherever they are. Father, bring them to you. Help us to be an encouragement every step of the way. Thank you for your encouragement to our hearts this night, for every testimony we've heard. Thank you for every prayer that's been prayed. We believe you, God. We trust you. Yeah, and we look to you, Lord, for the outcome. You are a mighty God. And we believe you are able. We believe you're worthy of our praise. Lord, we give you the place of honor tonight as we go to our separate homes. We honor you and we lift your name on high. Bless this church, Lord, everybody that comes through these doors. We pray, Lord, that this will be a place of transformation. It will be a place where people find you. It will be a place where needs are met. It will be a place where dedication is given to you and you above all else. Father, bless this house, we pray. And as we go from this house, may we be a blessing as you keep us, as you grant us your peace and you make your face to shine upon us. We say thank you, Lord. Say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all your goodness. Be blessed. Go home blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.